Welcome to the Believe, Be Real, Be Bold podcast for authentic dating. I'm your host, Dave Glazer, personal trainer and Enneagram fanatic in Denver, Colorado. After going through a couple of breakups in 2017, I realized I needed to take personal responsibility and truly dig deep into the repeated patterns to discover where I was going wrong in my dating life. Come with me on the path to authenticity, where each week I interview experts and real-life daters to uncover what it is that's holding us back in our most important relationships. Hey guys, welcome back to the Believe, Be Real, Be Bold podcast. We are joined uh, by Carrie Ann Appleton all the way from Brazil. And if you guys got the opportunity to listen to her first episode, it was an absolute pleasure to, to chat with her, get to know her a little bit. But I had to bring her back and catch up with her because things have blossomed and grown so much uh, since the last time we talked. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good, actually. I'm, it's 2020. I'm excited. New year, new decade. Uh-huh. Yeah. What kind of a, what kind of a, a mindset are you bringing into this new year, new decade? Mm, that's a good question. So I try to choose a word and I chose value. So valuing myself, valuing others, valuing the earth and what life is always bringing me, even when it's like challenging, there's value in it. And, and I've got this like new motto, nothing for free. So don't take anything for granted, basically. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely it does. Um, I think that even in tumultuous times and the turmoil of our life, a season of life that's not great for us, we still have value in the lessons learned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, for sure. Sometimes you can't see it when you're in the moment and you realize, okay, I will see it when I need to see it. But for now, just be in the moment. Mm-hmm. I love that you say it like that because I came across this phrase and this quote the other day that's like, the lesson isn't going anywhere. So mm-hmm. immediately after the heartbreak or the breakup or the divorce, just sit with it for a little bit because you can come back to what the lesson is that you're supposed to have learned there. Yep. Yep. And if you don't come back to the lesson, the lesson will come back to you. Exactly. It's like a boomerang. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And the... Uh, that ties into some past patterns or some continuing patterns that I've seen in my life and in my relationships. And um, I'm starting to talk about this more because once I identify it, it's easier for me to wash it off or to uh, pass through it. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that I'm attracting and attracted to unavailable women, mm-hmm. whether yeah. that be emotionally unavailable or uh, physically, maybe geographically, or maybe simply just like, Oh, I met this really amazing woman. She's in a relationship, also unavailable. Yeah. To me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's some good awareness. Whew, it was a it yeah. was a tough one too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. And so, what are you doing to to change the pattern? Um, I'm changing a lot uh, about here with myself. Um, <clears throat> a lot of that has to do with the selection process of. Um, asking the right questions when the time arises, Mm -hmm. not being as um, passive in that conversation and standing up for myself when I do see myself coming to a boundary of like, hey, we've been talking for a week and I'm flirting with you and you haven't told me you have a boyfriend. That's a boundary that I bump up against. I'm like, okay, selection process done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now we're in the friend zone. (laughs) Great because you are valuing yourself 
but you're also valuing the other person. Yeah, I'm respecting where they're at because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a homewrecker. I'm not the guy that's going to come between uh, somebody who is in a relationship or is um, pursuing somebody else. Like one of the things I love most about finding authenticity in other people that I'm seeing or talking to or flirting with or whatever is when they say, Dave, it's been nice chatting with you. I'm actually seeing somebody that I'm more interested in and I actually want to see where that goes. I'm excited Mm. to see where that goes. And I really appreciate when people say that to me. That feels so healthy. Doesn't it? It feels really healthy, even though it's not easy to hear because we bump up against our own self-worth. It just feels like, oh, thank you. I love it because it has nothing to do with my self-worth in the language. It's the easiest type of rejection that I can actually hear. Mm, Yeah. And even in the case, it might not be rejection. It might just be like, we only exchanged numbers and chatted and tried to set a date. But in the meantime, you were seeing somebody else and you're choosing to go that route. And that's Mm -hmm. more, um, I actually will be your biggest cheerleader if you say that to me and I'll be like rooting for you Mm -hmm. to actually make Mm -hmm. that work. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you didn't take it personally. No, and that's that's (laughs) so funny. I love that that ties in because we're here to talk about the book, The Four Agreements, and that's one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. which is probably my hardest personally because I take, I, you know, talking about value is also about valuing myself and my own worth and not taking things personally if someone doesn't choose me, you know, because then it comes back to my choosing myself. Do I want to be, I want to be with someone who chooses me. And in essence, I want to choose myself. Mm -hmm. And let go of all those other opportunities that aren't feeling like they're choosing you or Mm -hmm. factually choosing you. Mm -hmm. And behavior goes a long way there too, expressing what they value in you. Yeah. And I work with so many beautiful women that try to convince the man or a woman, their choice, on to choose them. And oh, it's so like, oh, not in alignment with yourself. And then you, you lose yourself. So then you didn't, in essence, didn't choose yourself. And that ties in for me with the law of attraction. So when you're choosing yourself, you'll find someone who's choosing, going to choose you. Mm-hmm. You can't want it enough for the both of you. No, no, you can't. You can try. You it's can painful. try. <laughs> I, th- I think that's part of um, coming from a place of choosing yourself first. Um, mm-hmm. I get into this debate maybe it's in my men's group or with my friends that I speak to or some of the clients that I work with is like love starts out as a feeling, but it ends up being a choice over time. And if you're choosing to love another, it's most likely coming from a place of you choosing yourself wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. um, because you're able to invest, you're willing to invest Mm -hmm. and you're also finding value in the other person to invest in. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's something I've been thinking about is that I can love my exes. I can choose not to be with them. Does that make sense? Because they're, yes, they're, they're people and they're beautiful beings and they have pain just like I have pain and their pain shows up just like mine shows up maybe in different forms. But in essence, I still honor them and find them deserving of love. I, I 100% completely agree with that. And to go back to somebody um, who had said, Dave, I'm attracted to you. You're a great person. It's been nice chatting, but unfortunately I'm going to go a different route. There's somebody else I'm seeing. I I think that there's more of a connection there. 
I valued that approach and that authenticity and the honesty and transparency. And we stayed connected through social media. And I've seen this relationship with her and her um, soon to be fiance, I guarantee it, blossom over time. Mm. And if I had not let that go and had chosen to take it personally, uh, I wouldn't be able to support that new couple who actually found themselves as they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. You might've missed this blossoming. Yeah. She was never, um, she was never my person. Mm -hmm. And had I wanted it both, wanted it too much for the both of us or stood in the way of her and this other person by mm, taking it personally or um, fighting the end of a friendship that was building or the first date, second date, whatever, had I stood in the way, she wouldn't be experiencing what she's experiencing mm -hmm. now. Yep. But remember, especially because we're speaking to an audience here, that it's a practice. Like this work that you and I do, we, didn't, we weren't born this way. We didn't like flip a switch one night and go, this is how we are now. I mean, it's been a practice. And there are times when I'm like, oh, I took that personally, you know? Or, oh, I just do a temper tantrum, <laughs> full on. Yep, and I own it. It's a, it's a practice. <laughs> I recently threw a temper tantrum. You did. So let's catch up from the last time that we talked. Um, we had a very good conversation last time. You introduced us to Danny Mazur, and I, I can't thank you enough for that intro. He was an awesome guest as well. But um, you're still in Brazil, but you're not from Brazil. Correct. I'm, yeah. I'm from the U.S. And you were just telling me that you were a competitive skier throughout college. Well, I was a competitive skier since the age of six. Um, when my mom said, you're going you're gonna to join the ski team. And I was like, what? And fell in love with it. And skied um, all the way, competitively all the way through university. Yep. And then did a couple of fun events afterwards. But I love skiing. It's like, it's the thing I miss the most, actually, which is interesting besides family and friends, the most um, from home. Mm-hmm because obviously we don't have snow here so <laughs> but as I said before we got um before we started recording was I have decided that I I still have a my love for Brazil or my my preference to be here is still stronger than returning to go skiing um so I've decided to attempt surfing and let me tell you it is it's a full body workout and there's so much to learn and overcome my own fears because I didn't realize how I don't, I don't know enough about the ocean, never grew up uh, near the ocean. I spent one year in Australia along the ocean, but didn't really learn enough about it and really embrace it. Um, so there's a lot that I'm confronting in myself, like just even like how the waves work and how they move and how to keep myself safe and, and being comfortable in it, in a body of water that like moves you know when you're surfing do you feel connected with nature i'm starting to more and more when i first started i didn't i was i had so much fear that i was like clinging myself to the board and i wasn't connected with nature and my surf instructor is something he kept coming back to is like just connect with the water connect with nature be one with it does that make sense? It does, absolutely. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to visualize the one time that I tried surfing when I was 17. And I've more, more oftentimes have been skiing, but you know, skiing is similar in the balance and it's, um, there's lack of control there. But when you 
build some expertise behind skiing or surfing, you become one with the environment, with nature, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it becomes effortless and it's like a float. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I'm also looking for. I also want something that I really feel like is a good workout, especially for me, lower body, but this is like full body workout. I'm right now, I'm doing so many exercises on my lower back and that's why I threw a tantrum because my back spasmed on Saturday and I was like really pissed off by it. Cause I'm like, I've been working so hard. Why is this happening? So yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's part of like a, a part of my body that I didn't use as much before because skiing was so much legs, all legs pretty much mm-hmm. uh, depending on the type of skiing you're doing and and then we can incorporate some core there as well but um our lifestyle has a lot to do with um our environment but also our relationships too like you're recently picking up surfing for yourself right yep i it's funny because i actually went to have lessons with this guy i wanted to have skateboarding lessons and he, he's like, he said, okay, we can do skateboarding, but would you mind like being my model for some pictures I need for surfing? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And so then I started talking about surfing and surfing became what I chose to choose to learn. So You're, you're finding a new hobby at, uh, at an age most people don't pick up surfing. <laughs> Maybe not. Much like myself. Come on, you can do it anytime, anytime you can pick up a new sport. (laughs) That's very true. That's very true. And you were talking earlier just a little bit about like, you still want to be in Brazil. It's pull there is stronger than coming back to Denver or Colorado or Mm -hmm. the United States. And we all go through life changes. What's new in your world in Brazil? And why does it have such a pull to keep you there? So the first question is what's new, I guess. And that is that I'm single compared to the last time that we talked when I was in a very serious relationship. So I'm single and went through um, a betrayal and went through, I'm still going through the healing of betrayal trauma and being gaslighted. It was pretty severe. And when I was in the depths of it, it was, I wouldn't say it was dark. It was hard, really hard because you don't, I didn't realize what betrayal trauma was and I knew what gaslighting was, but it's interesting. You know what it is and you don't know that it's happening to you until after the fact that you start to realize you're like, wow. And it feels like the rug just got pulled out from under you. So your whole foundation, especially for the period of the relationship is like not there. You don't know what's real or not anymore. So I had to go through that. And I'm actually really grateful that I went through it. I wouldn't say that in the first couple of months going through it at all. It was terrible. But I'm actually really grateful because I'm a much stronger person. And what was so interesting is I, I lost a part of myself that I didn't realize I gave up. That I consciously gave up. I was never asked to give up. During? During the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's an interesting thing to learn about myself. And part of it, I think, might be personality and if you're into astrology on Pisces and moon and in sun so in sun and in moon and so we can easily be adaptable to other people very people pleasing um and so it's very unconscious how much I was like wow and I didn't value myself there and didn't value myself there and so it was great to be to awake to that and have that awareness because now I feel so much stronger in who I am and more of what I want um 
and also just having a deeper appreciation of trauma and and people who go through it. like i watched the movie the joker and i wasn't originally going to watch that movie i'm not into that kind of stuff but then people kept telling me about the movie and i was like okay i have to see this movie and so i think about who he became you know when he realized his whole life was a lie and you know i can i can resonate with that a little bit because for two years like i don't know what was true or what was re what was um false basically so i can't Im and what that did to me i can't imagine when a whole life and having a lot more empathy and compassion for people like that and realizing that it's not their fault you know and we need to give them tools to heal from that so it was really eye-opening, especially in my work, working with women who are on a path of really discovering themselves. So much of it is unpacking those old childhood wounds because that's the conditioning and the behavior. So I really feel fortunate, honestly, and I feel happier. And again, your second question, why is Brazil keep keeping me here? I think my two love languages. So my number one is quality time and number two is touch. And Brazilians love quality time. Like, I don't know how an introvert feels here because they always want to be together and they love quality time and they love spending time with people. Like, really, in the pre they're very present people, very present moment. And they love to touch. Like, even as friends will sit really close to you, touch your hand. There's just something, it's, it's very, oh, it's so soothing for me. It's so nice. I just feel my cup is full a lot here if that makes sense it does absolutely um mm -hmm. we've we've spoken to many people experts on the podcast and dr schuyler gave us really good advice of like dave when you go to jujitsu that's physical intimacy that you're getting from your teammates your partners mm -hmm. it's not romantic physical intimacy mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. still intimacy and jujitsu is born in japan but it's taken to brazil and now it's in america so there's lineage that can be brought from the brazilian culture of that closeness that tightness that um comfort that you have to develop mm -hmm. with either somebody heavier than you stronger than you um more masculine less masculine all different types of people whether you want to or not <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yes, so it's very true here whether you want to or not personal space doesn't exist whether <laughs> 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 you want to or not <laughs> and Thank you very much for catching me up on what's new in your world. Um, I resonate and relate to that story a lot because of the gaslighting I experienced. Mm -hmm. And before we move on to the four agreements, I do have one question. H how is it, why is it that we cannot see what's happening to ourselves when we're in it, but then we can realize it and digest it and see it afterwards? It's a great question. And there was so much judgment against myself for that because I want to say I have a very sharp intuition. Um, but I think partly it goes back to something we said in the beginning. It's a lesson that has to be learned. I mean, in all honesty, this is the third time I've been betrayed. So obviously it's a repeat, it was a repeat lesson, repeat lesson. And when I look back through my life and not just in relationships, I saw, wow, there was many times else in professional and friendships and I come back to where am I not valuing myself? So why can't we see when we're in a relationship? Sometimes we do have what I call the love goggles on and like this dreamy, like it's all, but
but I think I, for me, what I learned was this was a lesson I hadn't learned yet. And it kept coming back and hitting me on the head. And this time it came back and hit it really hard. It was like, you got to wake up because this is not fun. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. Yeah. And how does one, based on the four agreements, how does one not take that personally? Well, at first I took it very personally, <laughs> of course. And I think going back again, it's a practice. So one of the things that I do, especially in my coaching, um, in the last six months, I've kind of changed my coaching up a little bit. But one of the things I have my women do is go through first, discovering who the, the core of who they really are, on a very, um, their most authentic self. And then using that, so I also, because I helped to develop it, was like knowing who I really am. What's my statements of being? What's my you know, life's adventures? What's my purpose? And so when things get tough like that are thrown at you, coming back to like, okay, this is who I am. These things outside of me are not who I am. I choose who I am. So I don't need to take that personally. It's about them. And so even thinking about my ex, it wasn't about me. You know, he's living out his own trauma. And I can, I can have compassion and empathy. Am I fully ready to forgive him yet? No, because I still have to feel feelings that are coming up and they come up when I don't rush them. They come up when they need to come up. But just realizing that, okay, it's not about me. And what's so interesting is when you really step in and let that like, don't take it personally, it's not about me, you start to free yourself. You start to free yourself. But I also feel like you can't, you don't have the strength to do that without really f knowing who you are and continuing to step back confidently into who you are, confidently into who you are. So one of the things I did when I really lost myself, like I'd wake up some mornings and not even know who I was. So I would pull out the information I had on like, what are my statements of being as I call them? What, are, what is my, my purpose? What is my, my uh, mission statement? And then recall everything that I did that I know confidently of who I was before that relationship. And sometimes step back into that role. So I used to be an event planner. So I, I planned an event here just to feel it again in my body and go, okay, I got this and remind myself who I am. It's a lot easier to then not take it personally. Mm -hmm. As a follow-up, I definitely adhere to the, that's their trauma. That's their experience that they're going through. I have a lot of grace and compassion for it, but to take it one step further, how I also don't take it so personally when it's two people involved or um, a group of people involved that um, betray me or hurt me or whatever is that I had to learn a lesson from this. And therefore it was a spiritual source, in my case, God, teaching me a lesson. And therefore, if there's a lesson to be learned here, I also cannot take it personally. Mm -hmm. Because there's value in the experience. Yep. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And when I also think about the lesson that I have to learn is coming back to the first agreement, be impeccable with your word. And that word includes how you treat yourself. So when you're kind to yourself versus judging yourself or like, wow, this was a lesson. This is such an opportunity for growth to expand or to use what I'm, what I'm going through to help other people that 
go through similar situations or to have compassion for someone that has extreme trauma. So being impeccable as well. Uh, that's an exceptional transition. Thank you very much into uh, one of the other four agreements. I know that we didn't cover all four in like one snippet, but I love this flow of like getting from one, don't mm -hmm. take things personally, to the next one of be impeccable with your words. So in a relationship, before a relationship, outside of a relationship, could being impeccable with your word be one of your core values and be one of your statements of being and be one of those things that you uphold your, uh, mm -hmm. yourself to a higher standard? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I mean, when I think about being impeccable with my word, um, my statements of being is like my statements of integrity. So things that really resonate with me. So for me personally, it's like honesty, trustworthiness, optimism, determined, curious, where some people might be other words and that's totally fine. So always coming back and going, am I in alignment with myself by being impeccable with myself? And so, um, and it, and when you start living from that place, you're living from a more conscious place and you value that more because you see the benefits. Mm -hmm. You feel more fulfilled, you feel more happy. And you can start to, and that goes into that one of like, don't take it personally. You, you, it's easier to not take things personally because that's, that's not about you. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And when we're entering into a partnership, say like we're dating somebody new, we don't know them very well. And being impeccable with your word at that point may show up as like, maybe they're late to a date. Maybe they're canceling dates. Maybe they are um, not being completely transparent. And mm -hmm. when we're coming at it from a, a self-awareness, it starts with me first and I'm impeccable with my word, then I'm elevating my standard. I'm operating at a higher vibration and therefore I'll attract people who do the same? I would say yes and no, because I don't always think that everything who we are attracts the same because I felt like I was a very honest, transparent person. I didn't attract the same person. I think partly because I had a belief around my own self-worth that attracted someone in. And I think about my own patterns. So my parents divorced because of a betrayal when I was really young. So these were things unconsciously that I absorbed and knew about relationships and love. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And just realizing through my own childhood, my own lack of self-worth and how that was developed, both based on my perception of what happened and both based on things I was told because where I came from. Like, so for example, I went from, I lived in a small town in New Hampshire and went to a small school and then, um, you go to like the bigger high school. But it was interesting because when I went to the bigger high school, went to the science, um, the science class, I can't remember which, like if it was chemistry, I think it was chemistry, the first year, freshman year. Um, the teacher, the chemistry teacher said to me, oh, you don't know anything because you're from Bartlett. Like already my worth was lower because of the, where I was from, you know? So it's just interesting then that how we create that pattern or belief because we translate it into our little minds as I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy because of where I came from. I mean, I still remember there were statistics of you won't be able to go to an Ivy League school because you're getting a public education. Like it's a small chance. 
Does that make sense? Yes. And how we yes. translate that. Yes, it does. The value. And if we're impeccable with our own word to ourself, that ties in with self-worth, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And our own personal value. Yep. Yep. And uh, how I want to put this into context is self-affirmation. Like yes, these affirming beliefs that we need mm-hmm. to tell ourselves as a mantra or as meditation or as mm-hmm. a prayer to, um, in my case, God. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. God, give me the strength to be all these positive words. You can fill in the blank. Um, yep. Integrous, honest, yep. um, dependable, s- steady, reliable, mm-hmm. resilient things like that. Yep. And I also think it's not just the affirmations, but going under the surface to the unconscious patterns that are not serving you, that are not, that they're not, that were not yours. You either chose to take them on from outside of you. Mm -hmm. So, and doing the work to find out who am I really and who, and define, you get to define who you get to be. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So where I, where I find people bumping into, um, the ceiling or the wall where I was bumping into is that it's really hard to dive into that dark, deeper space of the unconscious to actually figure out what those patterns are. And um, people can call them blind spots or um, think the lessons that we're not yet learning. And that's where I hear a lot of no's is like, I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. It's too painful. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's so painful. It's so hard. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting. It is, it is. And I have clients that do that. So this is one of the reasons why in my coaching, I have them first build themselves up first and find out who the core of them is or are who they are at their core. And some of that is something that's so connected authentically within them. And some of it is something they can design based on what they feel called to. And then it's a little bit easier to start peeling back the layers, but we don't dive in deep. We go Surface layer by surface layer. What's so interesting, when you do this work, and I don't know if you ever feel this way, but when, now that I do this work, like, I'm like, ooh, there's a dark spot. Let's go in. I get excited about it. Like, let's clear it away. Like, I remember my third, third or fourth panic attack. No, I had to be, yeah. Um, my, friend, my friend was actually in Rio at the time, and he's also a, a coach. And I called him, and he came over immediately. And he was like, do you want to go in? And I said, let's go into this. I mean, who wants to go into a panic attack? But I knew one, I had a safe space. I knew I trusted his guidance also as a coach. And he, he took me in and it was unbelievable because it was from when I was two and my parents, my dad was literally leaving. And that was the panic of the little girl. And so, and then I could clear it. And there was like this relief. So now it's like, and my friend Gabriel and I always talk about this, we're like, ooh, we just got triggered. <laughs> I'm excited about it. <laughs> the only way out is through. Mm-hmm. And when you're triggered and you don't take it personally, coming back to the four agreements, it's so much easier to process it and to find the learnings there and to move forward. Yep, yep. I've and been, I think part, mm-hmm. oh, I was going to say, part of it is, at least in my process, I think I separate myself from the little girl. Like, I'm still that little girl. And of course, I need to, especially any emotions that didn't get expressed, I want to feel them. But remember, she was this little innocent girl. I didn't know how the world worked, you know? And so looking at it from that way and go, okay, this is like a puzzle piece. Let's just try to solve the puzzle. 
so we can move on and be happier, both as the little, the little girl in me and both as the adult. It's fascinating uh, how deep and how dark we can go that sheds light on the answers that were there all along that we just chose not to see. Mm -hmm. So I've been working with Thomas Suski. He was a, <clears throat> a podcast guest about a couple months ago, maybe maybe four months ago now, and he's an NLP practitioner, our neuro-linguistic neuro program practitioner, and we've gone darker and deeper than I ever would have thought into past generation like my, my dad's parents. We've gone that mm -hmm. far. Mm -hmm. And what I never knew, generationally speaking or historically speaking, that I was holding on to because of my parents and his parents was the discrimination that my German grandfather experienced being an American during World War II. Mm, yeah, exactly. And exactly. how that comes to play mm -hmm. of like, I'm not good enough now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. layer upon layer upon layer, we're going to peel back the onion. Well, at the core, we cannot live without our past. Like we're, we're not living in a vacuum or a silo here. Mm -hmm. That it's not just my past. It's my, my parents' past, like you were speaking of at two years old. Yeah. And then they're carrying the weight of their parents mm -hmm. as well. That's a, that's a great segue into the assumptions one. Don't make assumptions. Because as I started to do the work, I, a couple of years ago, I worked with, um, four or five years ago now, I worked with a relationship coach. And I remember having, you know, her having us do these exercises of having conversations with our parents first about what, what was their relationship? Like, how did they meet? Tell us your love story. It was something I'd never heard. And it was so interesting because I made so much assumptions about my parents that from, I don't even know as a young kid, I must've heard different stories of how they met. But when I heard it from them, it was so different. And I started to see them in a different light. And then I had questions about, I asked them questions about their childhood and started to see their patterns and why they showed up the way they did. And then I, oh, I understand now why that happened and how that affected me. So that don't make assumptions because we think we know, but we often don't know. It's our perception of what we experience or stories we heard that we don't know are true or false. Mm -hmm. And that goes with relationships as well. Oh, when yes. You enter into a relationship where you're meeting a person for the first time. I, I get it a lot here because I'm a foreigner. And so I'm seen in a different light and it drives me bonkers. Cause I, I just want to be seen. I want people to like, just come and see the authentic me. But I'm put on this like pedestal as you're a foreigner, you, you're, you come from privilege or yeah, it's really quite annoying actually. And those are some assumptions that can tear down a relationship and not even allow it to begin in the first place. Yep. Yep. Of like some assumptions that we can make based on an online profile. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm assuming that this person is a good match just because we matched, or I'm assuming that we're going to get along because we both ski and we both appreciate yeah. the Colorado yeah. outdoor lifestyle. Yeah. I'm assuming they're conscious because they said they meditate daily. <laughs> <laughs> Define your level of consciousness. I mean, yeah. everyone's somewhat conscious, you know? Sure. So yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, I definitely, uh, appreciate a lesson that I've learned recently of being present in the first couple of three months of dating and not bringing in those assumptions, but really going into it with the 
intention of discovering the other person yeah. who's yeah. in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. So how I approach it, because I love stories, is like, I'm going to write a story. If I, if I was writing a story about this person, like a really amazing story, I want a, a story of their life. You know, how that, and so I love and then discovering about them and exploring them and asking them questions. It's so fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When, when I am speaking to somebody new and say like we meet on an app, online dating is very popular nowadays. We meet mm -hmm. on an app and they're not asking me questions in the first 10 minutes, 10 messages back and forth. Well, we, we talk a lot about value and well, you're not valuing my time. You're not looking to get interested or showing interest in me. Or are you simply just making a lot of assumptions about me based on the profile and the first 10 messages mm -hmm. back and forth? Mm -hmm. yep. Me not taking things personally and learning how to let go, let God be in control. I'll discontinue that conversation, not definitively, not like I'm saying, hey, you're not asking me questions, I'm out. I'm simply just like, okay, well, I'll pull back. I'm not right. going to pursue somebody right. who's not reciprocating. Yep. I hear you there because sometimes I do take it really personally because I'm such a curious soul because that's, again, one of my standards of being is curiosity. And then I'm like, wait, you're not being curious about me? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, don't take it personally. It's uh -huh. not about you. But I do the same thing. I just, okay, pull back. Let them sure. have their space. Maybe they're digesting. And if they are, they'll come back and ask. Absolutely. And if they're not, they're not. Okay, yep. moving on. And we're not going to make assumptions that they're like, oh, they're a terrible person or they're mean no. or they're going to ghost me or whatever. Don't make assumptions in that situation. Just do what's best for you and what's your gut instinct. You said you had a sharp intuition. Yeah. And mine's more like a dagger. <laughs> uh, stabbing myself. I mean, it stabs me myself in the gut quite a bit. Um, so that covers the first three agreements. And I want to jump into the fourth. Um, how do we segue from those first three into the fourth? I think, I think I, part of the practice of being impeccable don't take things personally, don't make assumptions, is do your best. Your best is based on minute by minute, day by day. Because you know, if, if I had the flu yesterday compared to today, I might, not, I might show up differently. You know, and that's the best that I can do. And again, not to beat ourselves up, because if we want to be impeccable with ourselves, especially with our own word, when we you know, make mistakes, it's just okay it's a mistake so just do your best and your best is only what it can be in that moment and eliminate all of that self-judgment that we're so uh we're building in up so many mm -hmm. habits bad habits of self-judgment yep yes yes so as you practice the four agreements in your life as you go out into the dating world as you step into trying to create a relationship. And I, I know this from my own journey is like, okay, I want to create a conscious, healthy, long lasting relationship. I can only ever do my best, no matter what that is. And every time, you know, I feel like my best definitely raises up the more I practice. Because like a child learning to walk, it does not learn to walk the first time it stands on its legs. It falls down many times. It uses the sofa, the chair, all sorts of stuff. And it never says, oh, I can't do this thing called walking and throws in the towel. 
No. It's not really conscious of limiting beliefs at that point. <laughs> no, it's not. It just really goes, okay, that was my best today. Uh huh. I love that analogy. That's so mm -hmm. sweet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we have don't take things personally, don't make assumptions, be impeccable with your word, and do your best. Mm -hmm. Using all four of those very simple foundational principles for our daily lives in and out of a relationship. What's your big takeaway? What, what do you want to leave us with today that either we touched on just briefly or we didn't get a chance to get to at all? I think the one we touched on briefly is, and the one that's the one I want to hone in on is do your best because we, we come from a culture where there's like this idea of perfection. Like I got to be impeccable with my word. And I think some people, for some people that could be, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do, but you can also say, okay, I know I said I'm going to do this, but I'm going to change that agreement, you know? Um, and we're going to try not to take it personally, but then we take it personally and we're trying to make assumptions, but it's natural because our brain wants to survive. Right. And so go, okay, this, I'm just doing my best. This is a practice and it's a lifelong practice. The more you, you take yourself off the hook basically, and just do your best and recommit talking about the new years. I always talk about not resolutions, not goals, not intentions. I talk about commitments and then recommit when you fall off the bandwagon and go, okay, I, I took it personally. I mean, like I said, the other day I had a temper tantrum. I was so pissed off at my back and literally I was like in this mindset of like, Oh, I'm starting the new, year, uh, new year's off like this. This must be an omen. I mean, I was not being impeccable. I was taking it personally. I mean, it was my physical body, but I was taking it super personally, making assumptions about what I could and could not do. And then I was like, okay, Carrie, you're doing your best. Just recommit, recommit to your goal, to your commitment. That would be my like, biggest takeaway for people. Love it. I mean, I can buy into that so much. And choosing the word of the year has been a, a practice of mine for the last three years. I started in 17 as collaboration. <laughs> there were a lot of lessons learned in that year. And then what's this year? 2018 was foundation because I needed okay. to recover from my own experience of a breakup in 2017 or two of them. So I needed to rebuild the foundation much like you're doing now with surfing mm -hmm. and um, being impeccable with your word and self-affirming that. Um, <laughs> where was I? Oh, yes. Uh, 2018, my word of the year was foundation to recover, to rebuild um, my own identity and to get back on my two feet. And now I guess I'm off a year. So 2018 collaboration, 2019 foundation, 2020 is abundance. Yay, that's a great word. Um, and every single time that I fall off and take things personally or um, am I'm, I'm not impeccable with my word, okay, how do I refocus and recommit to the word abundance? Mm, yep, exactly. And then allow the answers to come. Just ask, how do, how do I do this? And allow the answers to come. And for you, you trust in God. So the answers will be there. Yep. Through my okay. intuition and through daily journaling, that's where I ask mm -hmm. my questions. And then um, that's my version of prayer. And um, that's how I receive the messages as well is through journaling. Yay. So if your message resonates with our audience today, remind them after nine months of not speaking, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, the best way is actually probably I'll just go to my website, Carrie and my first name.com is easy because it has links to my Facebook page and my email and all that stuff. So awesome. Carrie
Okay, I'll be sure to put that in the show notes too. And I loved reconnecting with um, our former guests and um, I really appreciate you joining me all the way from Brazil. And, My pleasure. And I will follow up with you again and I'd love to have you back and we'll talk um, even deeper about peeling back the layers of the onion and implementing the four agreements into our personal life, professional, romantic, friendship life. Yep, for sure, for sure. I always love talking about this stuff. I appreciate happy it. To, happy to chat. Thanks, Dave. My pleasure, Carrie. Have a wonderful day. Thanks.